Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of the How to Raise Money podcast with me, Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Uh, Ray Mondo, <laughs> how the devil are you, sir? Uh, I've got, I was just having a coffee out of that mug. Quite appropriate. Everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not the end, it's not okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, not quite that. <laughs> but I like your version just as much. <laughs> Freudian slip there. I couldn't read um, it there. You were holding it up and it was good. For those of you listening on the podcast, we were Nigel was showing me on a Zoom link, but it was blanking out. Uh, and if it's not okay, it's not the end. All ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That looks your like your version was um, like, uh, was it whoever it was from uh, Dad's Army? We're doomed. We're doomed. <laughs> Private Fraser. Yeah, that's it. We're doomed. We're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> Don't panic. Don't panic, Mr. Mannering. Well, we, anyway. all are, we all are eventually doomed, aren't we? That's the one thing. Well, they say death and taxes. I know about death. I'm not so sure about taxes, but death anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking of doomed, uh, we thought we'd go for a, a non-contentious uh, topic today, didn't we, Ray? And thought we'd yep. jump into a bit of politics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about politics. Why not? It seems to be everything's political these days. Um, and I, I, I don't know about you, but it all seems to be um, topsy-turvy should be a, a word. And that's an underused word. Topsy-turvy it is very topsy-turvy. We've got conservatives who aren't really. Um, and then we've got in, in the UK anyway. And then you've got uh, in America, you've got Republicans and Democrats, but you've got rhinos, which is Republican in name only where, you know, apparently they're red on the outside and blue on the inside or whatever. Um, and it does seem to me, certainly, you know, as an impartial observer, an impartial observer, mate, sitting here um, watching things, that uh, as as we discussed earlier, it seems the Tories are intent in, in, in the UK and shooting themselves in the foot and losing the next election. Yeah, <laughs> they're completely and utterly alienating anybody who ever voted Conservative. Yeah. It's bizarre. It it is it it seems like right it seems you know a great question to to ask yourselves do you actually think the Conservative Party are trying to get re-elected because it would appear that everything they are doing is designed to just piss people off I yep. mean they've just announced they're going to wind back the uh, environmental sort of pledges that they did so there's any green votes gone um mm. they're not having a go at the water companies for basically just having a single straight through pipe from your toilet to the river um and coining it in with a couple of billion in dividends to foreign powers who are just laughing at the state of what we're doing to ourselves it's just mm. it is insane i don't know if you can say it's mental but it's bloody mental at the moment yeah. what's going on nothing is being done the Tories are taxing us more than anything else. Uh, they're setting up policies. They're pledging this. They're pledging that. And then they'll just hand it over to somebody else and just say, good luck with that. Um, have you ever watched Dumb and Dumber? The yes, film? I'm aware of right. the film. <clears throat> okay, there's a bit in there that me and my wife always do. Whenever 
um, we're short of a bit of cash, you know, you raid the kid's wallet or piggy bank, <laughs> don't you? And you stick a little piece of paper in with an IOU. And I'm always thinking of Dumb and Dumber where they got, what is it, a million dollars or something, and they turn up in Lamborghinis and stuff, and they put a little thing saying IOU. And when they handed it over and said, where's the money? They gave him this box full of IOUs and they, he pulled one out and he went, oh, that's the Lamborghini. I'd hold on to that one if I were you. That's <laughs> what the Tories are going to do. They are going to hand over this box and they're just going to say, oh, you might want to have a look at that one. That one's quite good because we just pledged to give the doctors a 200% wage increase or whatever it is. And you can have find the money to do it. It's mm. nuts. Nobody seems to be doing anything for anyone else. It's all for themselves. So, Ray, should we join the bandwagon and just do everything for ourselves and to hell with the rest of the world? Well, uh, I think you need to start from the premise that the government doesn't care about you, whichever government it is. They don't care about you. Um, tying all this into that's how a to... strong that's a strong opening statement. Yeah, well, tying this all into how to raise money podcast because uh, usually when there's a change of government or a hint of a change of government, the markets get all jittery, don't they? They're always getting jittery. Um, you know, at the at the the time when when was it? Jeremy Corbyn looked like he was going to get in in 2019 or whatever it was. Um, uh, when he didn't, there was like this massive, huge sigh of relief, and then the stock markets all went ballistic afterwards. But there was all this, you know, fervent fever, um, and that's what they love: stock markets and exchange rates and all this. But love it when there's a bit of disruption, and they're getting plenty of that for the last ten years anyway. Because markets that are flatlining don't make anybody any money. They make money on the way up. They make money on the way down. So, um, you know, I get the feeling a lot of it is is pre-prepared. You know, um, I mean, the, the the head of the European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde, um, who is a woman that has no financial qualifications whatsoever, and she has a criminal record for fraud, um, came out publicly, said, I can't, we couldn't understand why inflation went the way it did. And yet, basic economics 101, if you pump billions into the economy, <laughs> the, the, the opposite side is inflation, it's going to go ballistic. So, um or, or think, if you just if you simply restrict um, supply and boost demand, yeah, uh, duh, prices go up. Exactly. Um, and then if then if you let people have free reign to trouser it and coin it in and make ridiculous profits with no none of these watchdogs having any teeth. I mean, I've seen toothless eighteen-year-old dogs that are crawling down the pavement who are, you know, deemed more savage than these uh, sort of watchdogs. <laughs> we need we need bully XXL bloody watchdogs out there. You mm. know, get these dogs out there and, and release them because everyone's just having a laugh. They're just having a laugh. And, folks, you've got to, in some ways, just say, all right, we're not going to change that. And it doesn't matter which political party is coming in. You've just got to think to yourself, how do I do what I want to do without falling foul of some ridiculousness uh, that's going on? And I, I think the simple answer is the media will make it all hypey, crisis, panic and all the rest of it. And you've just mm. got to almost shut that off and just go, yeah, yeah but the, the core fundamentals are they want the economy to grow. They want people to be successful. They want to raise tax. There might be all this Ferrari about it that's kind of making it sound like, no, they don't. But in truth, they actually do. Banks do want to lend money because this is how they make money. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know so these things these things have to happen so sometimes you just gotta uh, i mean we get to the point right don't we where we sort of laugh semi-hysterically at, at some of the things that go on um i find myself whenever we're recording this podcast of uh putting my big conspiracy cowboy boots on or whatever sticking a big hat on holstering my pistols and getting ready to uh to prep for for whatever it is because everyone's out to get you um mm. you know it, it's it's a weird situation it's a weird situation folks i think the inflation was engineered i think the interest rates are engineered there's a big reset it happens every so often uh we've got bizarre things in the world at the moment so here in the uk we advertise non-stop gambling fatty foods and everything being delivered to your door um you know and and it, it's crazy so we're all getting obese and oh lo and behold we've now got a savior in the form of an injection uh which will reduce the fat and you just think hang on hang on so I bet you, I bet you somewhere these corporate entities are cross-owned or all run by, uh, you know, the the big wealth management companies that effectively run things anyway. Uh, and you, you'll be seeing that they're making money, making us fat and they're making money, making us thin again. It's, it's nuts. And we're going to look back on this and go, hang on. So you advertised and marketed to the population to don't even get off your chair get fatty food delivered to you consume far too much and then and then have a gamble on you know the number of throw-ins in a, a football match i mean what the hell it's nuts absolutely nuts and about a year ago i went to the states and i watched tv there i saw some adverts and at the end of those adverts well i needed a lie down because i had convinced myself i got about eight diseases i had no idea what they were there were pills to take for all of them. And mm -hmm. then I could contact a solicitor to sue people for things that um, clearly were their fault and nothing to do with me <laughs> doing anything, you know, without being coerced. So the the world is gone. If we're not careful, you look at it and you go, this, this world is mad. Yeah. Um, well, it's, uh, I, I mean, it, it's it's there's always someone to blame that's the problem you know personal responsibility seems to have gone absolutely and utterly out the window um i noticed that in the in the news this week the um dove you know the the dove the makers of soap and shampoo and all the rest of it have a new face of dove dove who is um a single black female who can only be described as a beach ball with some uh, cocktail sticks sticking out at the four corners she's absolutely <laughs> huge is this uh, a character yeah, it's no, a no, cartoon it's a, character. No, it's not. It's an actual living person. And my daughter, who's 16, showed it to me. And she said, this is my daughter. She said, um, have you seen this? And I went, she says, I think that's sending out the wrong message. She said, um, you know, uh, because she, my, my daughter uses Dove products and all the rest of it. She says, I don't understand why they have to have a face of Dove. She said, they always, they always used to have adverts with a whole string of people on it, all different shapes and sizes. And that was fine. But now they've kind of gone for this one woman who's, um, there's only one way to describe it, clinically obese. She said that's not sending out a great signal at all because you know they were doing something at school about about obesity and that sort of thing, um, and and she said the teachers were tr literally walking on eggshells trying to you know be in the middle between you know you don't want to eat too much and you don't want to eat too little and and not have not try and get these you know pubescent girls to to get some kind of uh, mental health issue from even discussing food she said it was quite pathetic you know she said um 
you know, I don't think there's any case for any healthy case for being hugely overweight, for being clinically obese. You know, you get people that are different sizes. Some are a bit, bit thicker than others, but, you know, that's that's life. But this was just off the scale. Um, and it, it sort of, to, to get further into this wokeness, um, Bud Light had uh, a massive crash in shares and sales and all this but when they had this man that came forward who was dressed as a woman and said he was, you know, drinking Bud Light and and it just went like literally you couldn't give it away and I don't understand why why they are doing these things it's as, it's as if well, companies he, governments will want to shoot themselves in the foot well I, just, I don't think I don't think the the population believes that these companies truly believe what they're saying they believe you know oh we love this community that community I don't think anyone believes they really do I think they're doing it for greenwashing type, you know, purposes and and all the rest of it. But it's a, it's a strange one. It, um, if you've ever seen Ricky Gervais, I think it's his science um, show, the one about mm -hmm. science. And he talks about uh, people who are fat. And, and he says, look, I talk about this and I do that. And it's the simple fact of too many calories in, too few burnt, you're going to put on weight. He said... Mm -hmm there's no other way to say it but you are fat because it's an adjective it's a descriptive word now mm -hmm. what he says is i don't ever judge people as to the reason why they've got fat um and it says i don't sort of joke about that but the fact that you are you, you know you can't you can't deny it and and sometimes i i don't know why we're going down this route but i think sometimes we've got to be We've got to be careful in terms of, um, you know, I, as I, as I said, everything is geared up at the moment. And I was, as I mentioned before, uh, my phone broke. So I'm, I'm sat in the center of a town, uh, just on a bench and I'm just people watching. And the, the most number of people that went past were people on e-bikes with a great big box on their back, going into fast food shops, filling it up and, and taking deliveries. And I'm thinking, Right, these guys are not going to pedal 30 miles to drop that off. You're not living in some rural location. This is someone who can't be asked moving a few feet <laughs> to go to the shop, and they're willing to pay five quid to get a lukewarm cup of coffee or um, a bacon butty or, or something. And you, you just think that this is, this is nuts, but this is what we are listening to. This is what we're seeing. We're getting this message. So the fact that if you go anywhere in the UK and you've got your kids with you or something and say you're driving somewhere and you stop and you think, let's get something sensible to eat, you can't get it. You just mm -hmm. cannot get it. It's all junk food. There, there's no other option. It's You get a cup of coffee and they're wanting to sell you muffins and caramel shortbread and all the rest of it. Um, and, it, you know, is is that our fault? Well, in some ways, there's no there isn't a healthy alternative or an alternative from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's just, anyway, the, the thing that I was thinking, right, just to try and sort of bring it back is that you've got to realize that this is what you're up against. And you've got to realize that when you're wanting to do your own thing um, and you're wanting to raise money and you've got a project and all the rest of it, mm -hmm. you've got to kind of, be objective about it and don't be subjective. Don't be emotional. Uh, I've got a, I've got another friend who deals with a lot of, um, or in the past has dealt with a lot of um, 
areas that when you investigate, um, it can get very emotional. So as you're presenting the results, everyone reacts emotionally because it, it, it could be, we recommend you, you could get rid of 10,000 people, you know, or whatever it is in this particular job. These are roles that fictitious, they don't do anything, they don't add up, you know, and everyone's very inefficient, blah, 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 blah. You could easily cut the workforce from 60,000 to 50,000. In fact, if you wanted, you could probably go to 40,000. Well, it just provokes an emotional response. And what he said was the best way of doing it was, just say, well, this is what the figures say. This is what the data says. This is what all the, the numbers say. Yes, let's have a discussion about that. But you can't do what the um, the media is fantastic at. Somebody says something and it says, um, the internet went into meltdown. Twitter or X just about exploded. And you look at it in these four comments or something, <laughs> you know, that were shared twice. And you just yeah. go, well, right, hang on, hang on. There's 2 billion users. So actually this is uh, nothing. But that's not what happens. People get emotional. They do it on the anecdotal things and they do all the rest of it. And, and what happens? 80% of people go along with that emotion. But then you get 20% who look at it and go, right, I know that that's storming a teacup not really relevant, certainly not relevant to me. I don't need to worry. And this is what you've got to focus on, folks. If you've got a property deal that is still working and the numbers stack up, you need to be objective about it. And if you're looking to investors, investors are keeping an eye and an ear on what's going on because, yeah, that can shift sentiment and it can shift demand or supply and those macroeconomic things. But they're still wanting you know, the real economic truths and they're wanting the numbers. So it's forget all this stuff about um, all these food delivery companies making everyone fat and then they'll also deliver the injection to make you thin again. Um, and just and just sort of go, these people need to live somewhere. Mm. You know, whether thin, fat, tall, short, whatever it is, people have still got to live somewhere and, and your job is to be the person that, supplies that because you know this is this is what we're trying to do we're trying to help you raise money and have the confidence so it, it's get your ducks in a row get your you know whatever herd those cats and take the emotion out of it and get the numbers right and, yeah. and things will still work yeah absolutely probably absolutely. um i suppose <laughs> uh, I, I was reading or I, I came across something the other day someone pointed it out to me actually um because I, I mentioned this about you know the world's gone mad type thing you know um i mean even piers morgan wrote a book called the world's gone mad or something like that and uh they said oh have you have you heard about the um uh if i were the devil and i said no and they said, well, i'll send it to you and i've got it here i'll read it out it's not that long but it said um uh in 1965 i don't know who the guy is paul harvey um, broadcasted uh, If I Were the Devil. And it said many of his statements were considered uh, ridiculously outlandish at the time in 1965, which is 58 years ago. Um, but uh, he said, uh, and I quote, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness and I'd have, I'd have a third of its property and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I'd seized the ripest apple on the tree, which is you. 
So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States and the rest of the world. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. And I'd confide that what's bad is good and what's good is old fashioned. And to the old, I would teach you to pray after me, our father, which art in Washington or London or Paris, but not in heaven. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten television with dirtier films and vice versa. I'd peddle drugs to who I could and I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction and I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed and the promises of higher ratings. I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. Where have we heard that before? If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects but neglect to discipline emotions. Just let them run wild. Until before you know it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have the prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse and then from the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress and Parliament. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and I would deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbols of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give it to those who wanted until I'd kill the incentive of the ambitious. And what do you bet I could get whole states and countries to promote gambling as a way to get rich? I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism and moral conduct. I'd convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned and promiscuity is more fun, that what you see on the TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep doing right on what I'm doing now. 1965. I'll have to find out who that guy was that wrote that, but I thought that was quite interesting. Paul Harvey. So there we go. That might go with some way to explaining what, what is going on in the world. Yeah, well, it, it's strange days that we live in, hey? Strange days. Very strange. And on that devilish bombshell, I have been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Vest. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?